I want to say hello to all the blessed, sanctified, anointed, strong, powerful, confident children of the Most High God. Give yourselves a hand clap of praise. Amen. We want to talk to you about being a brand new you. Don't you want to be brand new, better than before? I mean, you're good now, like the man said, but you know, God wants to have something more of him to come out into the people. And so the scripture, let's look at the scripture. Behold, all things are new in the scripture. Let's read it together. One, two, three, ready. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Isn't that nice that you can have? And I like that word, behold. What, what is it in, in our language? Check it out. <laughs> behold, all things are made. You're a new person that it, people should be able to look at you and see there's something different about you. There's something on the inside that's showing and it's glowing and there's a light and there's a difference. Your attitude, what you do, how you act. All of a sudden, somehow you have an influence on others and you're not doing anything but just letting the light and the love of God come out of you. Amen? You know, I, I was working at Kaiser for 17 long, hard years and... <laughs> Uh, there was 250 people on our floor. And, and a lot of them, you know, are, are opposed to Christianity. They're opposed to me being a Christian and having my light. And, and some of them weren't even exposed to any Christianity. But I systematically got into their life and got into their, uh, their, their situations and encouraged them in the Lord and made a difference in where I was. I would give them tapes. I would, give them, I would pray for them. I would listen to their situations. And when I left Kaiser, hallelujah, glory to God, I got a standing ovation when I left. When I came in for my last day, they all stood up and clapped for me. And when I left, they clapped for me. Which is pretty amazing because about two years prior to that, one of my friends said to me, you know, there's a lot of people here that don't like you. <laughs> I said, how could that possibly be? Well, it wasn't just me. It was just because of who I stood for. And, and maybe they just, you know, like, uh, might have rubbed people the wrong way. It's a possibility I might have rubbed people the wrong way. Because I like to joke and kid and have fun with them. But, you know, sometimes people are so serious and they don't want to laugh at themselves. And they took offense to it. But I made a point and a purpose in my life that I was going to reach them wherever they were at. And love them where they were at. Like I had one friend, this one. You ever have people that rub you the wrong way? I don't know. Am I the only one? Just the things they say, the way they say it, the spirit with which they say it. You just want to bump them on the head. And, and so this one woman, she was doing that to me all the time. And I would just I got to the point where I couldn't even talk to her. And I thought, Does she, is she doing it just to me? Am I the only one? Then I overheard her talking to my friend the same way. And my friend didn't respond to him, to her the way I did. He just laughed and joked with her and just smiled and let her have her peace. So I said, hmm, maybe I should change my approach a little bit here. So I decided to just look at her and enjoy her, laugh with her, kid her, and just enjoy for what she's saying. And then she started listening to me more. And we started having an interaction, and we started to kind of like each other. Can you imagine that? The person that rubbed me the wrong way, now all of a sudden I like her. And I had to hold myself, well, wait a minute, I don't really want to like her. But I, I couldn't help it because, you know, God has made us to be in love. The Bible says what? If you can't love your brother 
who you can see. How can you love God whom you can't see? These are the children of God that God has created. And if you have love, the love of God on the inside of you, you should love others as well. So if you're not loving others, you better check yourself and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, where is the love of God on the inside of me? Praise God. So he has created something new on the inside. So your attitude should be changing, your actions should be changing, your love for one another, your acts of kindness. Do you ever do acts of kindness? What does the Bible say? It says, love your enemies. <laughs> what kind of doctrine is that? Bless those that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. <laughs> Pray for them to despitefully use you and persecute you. And, you know, that's only the doctrine that Jesus has. No other religion has that doctrine. The other doctrine is, you know, if they wrong you, pay them back. But we have to be different. We have to be new on the inside. We have to be Christ-like. And we have our neighbor, our next-door neighbor, I'm almost ashamed to admit this, but for some reason, she didn't like us when we first moved in. She's of another religion. And she, her kids would all say, hi, hi. She said, no, 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 don't say hi to them. Get in, get, 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 get. She was like afraid of us. And, and, and so as time went on, she had a dog that would bark for three hours at night. And me being the respectful citizen that I am, went over to her house at three o'clock in the morning. And I said, you know, did you hear your dog out there? And she took great offense to that. I don't know what the problem was. And those, so, so more and more, she disliked me. And at one point, she wound up getting a divorce from her husband. I can't imagine why. <laughs> she, as she was pulling out, she stopped by my house, rolled down the window, and she said, you're the worst neighbor I have ever had. <laughs> I, and I, she went on and on. I wasn't listening because I was just, you know, having the love of the Lord in me. And uh, so she went on and on. I said, okay, praise the Lord. Well, have a good day. And she went off. So the Bible says... Your enemies, you're supposed to what? Pray. Well, this one, yeah, pray for them, but love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. I would put her in the category of hate, wouldn't you? Say she was hating me. So it says, do good to them. So on the holidays when we had extra gifts, I would go over and I said, oh, these are for your kids. I think they would enjoy them. And she just looked at me like, what? And this went on for a couple of holidays. And finally, this last Christmas, I went over and gave her some gifts, and she said, you guys are so wonderful. I, I, you guys are just, you're just great. And I was waiting for her to say, you're the best neighbors I ever had. No, <laughs> that didn't come up. But now she waves to me. She says, hello. She says, have a good day. This is a miracle, right? But I'm just doing what the Bible says. I'm not doing what I want to do. Behold, old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Amen? So you might say to yourself, I'll never change. We say, I've been this way all my life. Change is so hard. Being a Christian is so hard. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. But Jesus said, come unto me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's supposed to be easy to be with the Lord. And so we're going to go into those situations on how we can change. But it's not in the natural, it's in the supernatural. Because if you try by willpower to be good, to change, 
It's all, it's all you, it's willpower, but why not let the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, the power of the Lord come in you to change you from the inside so that it's natural in, in, in the Spirit, amen? So first we're going to look at the problem. And uh, that's what a good salesman does. He shows you the problem and then he shows you the solution and the solution is their product. And I've got a good product to sell to you today, all right? It's called the Spirit of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So let's look at our emotions. Four things about our feelings are emotions. First thing is our feelings are schizophrenic. <laughs> I'll go through them and then I'll explain them to us, okay? Uh, our feelings are unfaithful to yourself. Our feelings don't care about the consequences. And our feelings lead us to make bad decisions. Can anyone agree with that? Let's get practical, okay? So schizophrenic. Uh, it means that you can be happy one day and sad the next. That ever happened to you? You don't even know why. Just my emotions, just my feelings, I just the way I feel today. Maybe someone said something wrong to you at work and all of a sudden that's inside of you and you get up and you're mad at things and you're slamming things and you don't even know why. You're schizophrenic. Your feelings are schizophrenic and I'm in that same category, okay. And it could be from one moment to another. You're, all of a sudden, you're fine, and then all of a sudden just something passes through you, and you're just saying, well, I don't know if I'm so happy with my life anymore. Right? Depending on what you hear or what situations you face, something can do something to you, and all of a sudden you're not the same person that you were before. And all of a sudden you lose it. Let me give you an example. Let's look at this lady right here. Now, very composed young lady. Beautiful, right? Mature, in control of herself, a businesswoman, beautiful smile, right? But don't slow the next slide till I tell you. But something might happen. Maybe her ex calls her and says, okay, you can't have the kids this weekend. I know it's your weekend, but I need them for something I have to do. She gets called away and she has to answer on the phone, so let's see how she looks now. All of a sudden, what happened to her? Nice, sweetsy pie girl changed into crazy woman, okay? <laughs> you ever been there? Yes. No, no, okay, this, this section right here is good. You ever go into a store and they don't give you your rebate or they don't treat you right? And they give you a hard time, or you get a call from the creditors, and they say, yo, this amount of money, and you don't agree with them, and you're trying to make a change, and they don't listen to you. Well, you might sound, you might look something like that, right? But I don't want to pick on the ladies. Let's, let's go to the men. Let's, let's see a picture of a man here. Here's Mr. Smiley, baseball coach. Isn't he a wonderful guy? Oh, yes. Just lighthearted, compassionate, friendly. Let's just have a day at the ballpark, right? But... What happens if at the end of the game, the last play of the game, they throw your runner out at home plate and he's the game-winning run and they make a bad call, they call him out and he's supposed to be safe. Let's see what happens to the coach here. All of a sudden, the smiley coach turns into Mr. I have a bone to pick with you, right? Face to face. Now you say, oh, that doesn't happen. I can attest to it myself. I played junior college uh, baseball, and I actually saw this happen one time when our 
The other coach was yelling at the umpire. But to make it even worse, the coach was chewing tobacco. So when he was barking at the, at the umpire, it just started going all over his face. And the umpire didn't blink or flinch or wipe it or anything. They just went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. And I, I'm a 20-year-old boy going like, whoa, look at this. Can you believe that? And it made an indelible impression upon me that sometimes you can lose it and not be yourself. And you go home and you look at it. Why did I do that? Why was I that way? Well, you got schizophrenic emotions. Let's go back to the first slide. Uh, yeah, here's a crazy woman, nice woman. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just can't trust your emotions. You know? Help, my emotions are showing. But guess what? God has emotions as well. And, and he has anger. Yes, even wrath. Jealousy. Sorrows. Griefs, regrets, and sometimes grief. Remember Jesus when he was in the temple? He turned over the money changers' uh, tables. And scholars say there was about 2,000 people that were there in, the, in that court. It was called the Court of the Gentiles. And that was for those that were non-Jewish that were supposed to come in and be a part and to learn about God. And they said, well, we don't have any, many of them. We'll just set up shop here and we'll sell sacrifices to those that are coming from far, from far places that don't want to bring all the sheep and the cattle. And they can buy them here and they were gouging them. So he cleared the temple. But you ask, but isn't he a peaceful Jesus? A loving Jesus? Why didn't he just counsel them or you know discuss with them guys we shouldn't be doing this no the Bible says the zeal of my father's house has consumed me he took action but notice he was controlled he didn't hurt anybody he just turned over the money changers and I can't imagine what this must have looked like with 2,000 people and this one man coming in and turning over the money tables and all the animals running out and they didn't just pounce on him what kind of uh, emotions was he displaying? What kind of spiritual authority was he operating in that they couldn't touch him, right? But he had so much control, the little birdies that were in the cage, he, told, he turned and he, he told them, just take the birdies outside. Why? Because he didn't want to open up the cage and have all the birds fly away. So he, was, he had emotion, but he was controlled in his emotion. He had what they call righteous indignation. And I know the church that I came from, everybody, if they got mad, they said, well, I was righteousness. I was just showing some righteous indignation. No, you were just being angry, okay? <laughs> for your own cause. This was the, for the cause of Christ. Praise God. So, um, on the other hand now, though, the other emotions that God and Jesus has, the Bible says that God rejoices over us. He laughs with us. He sings and delights in us. Isn't that nice that God is a happy God, that he likes to sing and rejoice? He made us to sing and rejoice and dance, right? And so in Zephaniah 3.15, it says that God watches over us and he dances and he rejoices and he sings loudly over us. So I was taught that when you pray, when you're, you're praising the Lord, imagine him dancing and singing over us. 
So if he's dancing and singing over us, what should we do? Dance and sing with him, right? No, don't be all, oh, you know, Lord, I don't. No, dance with him. So I imagine being in the throne room and saying, let's dance, Father, let's dance. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen? And enjoy his, because the Bible says that he first loved us, then we loved him. So he first rejoicing over us, we rejoice with him. The same energy and spiritual, uh, uh, whatever, you know, spirit that he has coming to us, we just give back to him. Amen? And when, he, when I started doing that, guess what? He started manifesting himself in a strong way because he's there with us. And one time I was tired and I said, Lord, I don't know if I can do this uh, right now. He said, come on, let's do that I love you, you love me thing again. And I said, okay, let's do that. <laughs> and so I found out that when I was that way, I didn't have to hardly pray for things because he was already with me. He was already a partaker of, of our celebration. Praise God. So don't let your emotions get the best of you. You know, I know sometimes we have some flesh failures. You know, sometimes things go wrong and we, we mess up. But, you know, correct yourself. I mean, even Peter got, he, you get Peter mad and he'll cuss and he'll chop off your ear. So you have to be careful <laughs> that you be in control of your situations. The Apostle Peter. Okay. Second thing is our feelings are unfaithful to us. Have you ever known yourself to go into a meeting or to a, you know, a party or something and you have someone there that you know you have a hard time with and frankly, you just don't like them. But you have to keep your emotions in check. You have to control yourself. But maybe they'll say something that gets you riled up and all of a sudden you're exploding as well. Has that ever happened to anybody? Thank you very much, Marion. Like, thank you for the honesty in that third row there. <laughs> I know you guys all look holy and everything, and praise the Lord, I appreciate that. But, but sometimes they'll say something, and you can feel it rising up on the inside of you, and you just want to say something. And, you know, if you're not, you know, controlled, your, 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 your words will betray you. Your emotions will be unfaithful to what you really feel. And so you have to catch yourself. Now, I, there's meetings. I was in labor management meetings sometimes, and sometimes the management would want to do things to us, uh, against us, like monitor how many mistakes we made and give us points for that. If you hurt, hit a certain point, then you're going to go to level one and two, three, four, and then, you know, um, what do you call it? Forced retirement. <laughs> Out the door. <laughs> but I would get upset about this. I said, you guys are just making up these points. You know, who, who authorized these? You didn't, you know, bring it through labor management process. And I would get fiery for my people. And one lady said to me, she said, I like it when you get upset because you turn red. <laughs> I didn't notice I was turning red. I could feel it, but I didn't know it. So... You have to get the victory before you go to the meeting. You have to be in love and have the Word of God working in you so that when you get to that point, that you have something to draw off of. The Bible says, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. And you might say, there's nothing lying in me. Well, you have to get something on the inside. We're going to show you how to do that. So third thing is our feelings don't care about the consequences. You ever say things that you didn't want to say 
But, but you have to pay the consequences. When you talk to your spouse and you say bad things about them, then all of a sudden, the next day, oh, I, I didn't really mean that, but you said it. <laughs> Where did that come from? And they say, you know, you can't unscramble eggs, right? Once you've made a mess, it's hard to unscramble. Thank God we have Christ in our lives. You know, we had, we had a, a Chinese student that, that was staying at our house for the international program. And he said, I like, what I like about Christians is when you make a mistake, they tell you what you did wrong and then they forget about it. He says, in China, when you make a mistake, they keep reminding of it, it over and over and over again. So thank God we can have bad memories in Christianity, right? Just like Jesus forgets your, your, your problems. So you have to uh, be careful of your consequences. I remember this story in, in Seinfeld. I don't know if you guys ever watch Seinfeld. I know you usually watch Christian ch channels. But <laughs> George Costanza was in a meeting and he stood up and he said, you know, I'm not, I'm not going with this program. I, I'm not on board with this. And frankly, if you guys continue this way, I'm out of here. I'm gone. I'm, you know, forget it. See, I'll see you later. And he walks out. So he goes home and he talks to, George, uh, to Jerry. And he says, man, I don't know what I did there. I don't, know, I don't have a job. I just, just blew my mouth off and I don't know what to do. Jerry told him, just go in there and pretend like it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> just sit there and just, you know, pretend like it never happened. So he went in there and they were sitting there and having a board meeting and the president walks in and he goes, George, what are you doing here? You quit. Oh, he said, no, I just... I was just kidding. You know, that wasn't that funny. Uh, good. Then, no, George, you quit, okay? Get out of here. So sometimes we don't care about our consequences. We just want to say what we have to say. We don't realize that we're hurting people or causing a breach in the spirit. Praise God. So the, the fourth thing is our feelings lead us to make bad decisions. Oh, my, my. Can you say amen to that? I know I remember one time we were at a church and we weren't being treated right, my wife and I. And uh, actually, any, everybody in the organization wasn't being treated right. So one of the, the pastors that was visiting said, why don't you come and, and be a part of our church in Atlanta, Georgia? And so they flew us out there and we spoke at the church and we met everybody. And it just didn't seem right. It, we can't go on our emotions because we're not being treated right. We belong there even if we are not being treated right. And so we went back. We said, this is not the right place to be. I can remember, oh, you ever make a decision about buying a car? It's an emotional decision. They get you there and they try to make you, oh, you're going to look so good in this car. It's got this, it's got that. You know, this, you look good in this car and you start feeling good and then you go home and, and you bought it and then you realize, I can't afford $500 payment on this car. What happened to me? What was I thinking? So we have a rule in our house. Charles has told us, you need a 24-hour rule. Don't, do, don't buy anything emotionally. You go home Think about it, and when you wake up, then you can decide whether you have to, you know. So the car we bought now, we had to do the 24-hour rule. <laughs> oh, it was hard. Oh, it was hard. Because they say, you know, it might be gone by tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, oh, your emotions. Oh, you have to be careful. But guess what? It was still there. <laughs> <laughs> or how about... 
How about when you're sitting at home, 11 o'clock at night, you just had your Doritos. <laughs> you're sitting on the couch, you're half asleep, and this exercise video comes on. And you're looking at it, barely looking at it, and these people are doing their exercise. And you know when they're doing it, they're always smiling. Have you noticed that? They're always. <laughs> and you say to yourself, I, I can do that. As you're sitting on the couch, half asleep, with Doritos all over your chest. <laughs> so you buy the thing, you bring it home, you set it up, and then you start to... This is not fun. I'm not smiling. And you know some of those commercials, no one's sweating. No one is sweating. And everyone's thin. I, I don't get it. Emotional. You, you, you can make bad decisions when you're emotional. Praise God. So I'm going to show you how to have a non-struggling sweat-free way to accomplish this task of changing your insides. And I have four easy steps to achieve. Are you ready for this? Okay. Let's go through our people and get to the next slide. Oh, yeah, here it is. Uh, first, we want to meditate on God's loving kindness, renew our minds, recognize about seed time and harvest, and determined to walk in the Spirit. So we're going to look at these four things right now. And so the first thing is meditate on the loving kindness of God. So let's look at the Scripture. And in the, uh, the King James Version, it says it this way. It says, Do you not know... That it is the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. It's the goodness of God. Not your lecturing, not your talking, not you beating them down. It's the goodness of God that will lead you to repentance. In the Amplified Version, here's what it says. Or do you have no regard for the wealth of his kindness and tolerance and patience in withholding his wrath? Are you actually unaware or ignorant of the fact that God's kindness leads you to repentance. That is to change your inner self, your old way of thinking, seek his purpose for your life. So what am I saying? It's, it's because you look at the Lord and how much he loves you that you want to do good for him. Not that you want to do good just because of yourself, but because of him who saved you, him who loves you and is desiring you to change this way. And, and repentance, what is repentance? Repentance means to turn from the way you're doing things. You know, repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. How many times are you gonna say I'm sorry? But I'm sorry means I'm, I, I don't like the way I'm going, I don't like what I'm doing, I am gonna make every purpose to change and walk in this new direction of being in love. And you know what, you have to change your habit, your way of thinking. I know when I was playing baseball, and one, one day I, I worked out with the, the pitchers. And so you, they do this drill. They pitch the ball to the, to the coach, and he throws the ball to the first base side. And so you run over to the first base side to, to cover the bag. Right, Melissa? Isn't that how you do it? And so um, they do this over and over and over again. 
And I'm going, why are they doing that? We know if the ball goes over there, we're supposed to go to the first base side. But how many times during the game, if they don't do that drill and it's hit over to the first base side, the pitchers just go, oh, 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 it's supposed to get over there. But they put that drill in your mind so that you will do it, right? So sure enough, in that day when I was pitching and we were having a, a, a scrimmage, the guy hits the ball to first base and I started running over there. I forgot to think. It was automatic. I just did because what was put in front of me as a habit. So guess what? We have to be that way. When somebody cuts us off and gets a, a, a parking spot when we're trying to get it, we're not supposed to like blow up. We're supposed to have a new reaction. Oh, they must have really needed that spot. They must be in more of a hurry than me. Maybe I'll have a better spot down the road here, okay? Or when you go to Marie Callender's and they gave, they gave away your pie. You can say, oh, well, you know what, maybe there's another pie I can get. Or possibly, maybe I'm not supposed to be even eating this pie. Maybe I should be, you know, fasting a little bit. Praise God. But people, I've, in my experience as a minister, people don't like to admit they're wrong. They don't like to repent. They will make excuses over and over and over again. Their hand can be in the cookie jar and they say, that is not my hand. We had this one guy, he was having inappropriate relations with this woman. And so we called him in and we said, sir, you cannot be doing that with that young lady. And he said, I'm not doing anything. I categorically deny having any involvement with that woman, right? You know what categorically deny means? They're guilty, they're guilty. Two weeks later, oh, I, I'm sorry, I, I admit it. I, don't, I, was, I was afraid, I lied. But most people don't admit it. And so, <laughs> it reminds me of this story this guy was telling. When he was growing up, he had two other brothers, and so they had to sleep in the same room. And they would, uh, you know how boys are when they're alone at night and they want to play, they just start fighting and putting the covers over each other and punching each other and jumping on each other. And so the dad came in, he said, okay, turns on the light. Okay, kids, what are you doing? Nothing. So if I hear any more noise in here, I'm going to come in here and whoop you all. All right. So they, you know, 15 minutes passes, and again, they jump on each other and roughhouse and kick and everything. And dad comes in, okay, this is the final warning. If I hear any more noise out of this place, I'm going to come in and you all are going to get a whooping. Okay, Dad. So 15 minutes passes. Guy gets up. He has to go to the bathroom. So he goes to the bathroom, and he sees a cup there. He puts some water in the cup, and he goes in there, <laughs> splashes it on his brother, and goes and sits down, or lays down. So the brother says, oh, yeah? So he goes in the bathroom. He gets a cup of water. He comes, and he splashes it on his brother. So all of a sudden, they got this water fight going on. So the father comes in, and he turns on the light and says, what is going on here? Why are you all wet? And the one boy, the older boy, stood up and said, Dad, a man came in here. <laughs> and he splashed us all with water. And he was laughing. And he ran out the window. And that's what happened. That's why we're all wet. And so the father, being a good Christian boy, the father lined them all up and on the bed and said, okay, boys, I want to tell you something. He says, you know, 
It's not good that you lie. If you, you know where liars go? The liars go to hell, okay? It's hot. It burns. It'll burn you up. <laughs> they start crying. Yeah, that's what will happen to you guys if you lie. Now tell me the truth. What happened? <laughs> so the older boy goes, Dad. The man came in here. <laughs> so you have to confront. Now, when I was a boy, my mother would tell me this. If I did something wrong and I lied about it, she said, okay, if you, if you did something wrong, that's bad. But if you lie about it, that's double bad. Right? Double bad. I don't want double bad. So I said, okay, Mom, I did it. I confessed every time. So as I grew up, I used that same with, I, I was uh, at Neighborhood Christian Fellowship. I was in charge of the, the kids that were assigned by the courts to come in and do work. And so one time we had this guy steal some money out of a woman's purse. And so I called him in and I said, okay, I've tried this before and it, it, it worked. So I told him, okay, look, if you lied, I mean, if you did wrong, that's bad. But if you lie about it, it's double bad. So if you tell me the truth, I'll wipe out your hours. You can go home free. If not, I'm going to call your mom. I'm going to call the police. And you're in big trouble. Now tell me, what happened? He goes, I took the money. Well, good. Give me the money. Wiped out his hours. And that was it. So uh, you can tell the truth. You can come. But people don't want to admit that they're wrong. They, they just feel like, you know, everything, you know, sometimes people, they say they're sorry, but they're not really sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 not, I don't want to, don't, don't say it that way. So you have to explain it to them and then they go, okay, I'm sorry. No, 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 that's, you don't get it. This is how I hurt. This is what you did to me. This is how I feel. And then after you talk to them, I go, okay, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, that's what I wanted to hear. Is that so hard to do? To make, instead of making excuses? Because the Bible says what? The goodness of the Lord causes us to repent. Repent means to change. And, you know, John the Baptist, when he was baptizing the, the, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, came in, and he said, you brood of vipers, show me your fruits of righteousness. Show me your fruits of repentance. How have you changed? And God is looking for us to change. And people around you are looking for you to change. Amen? So let's look at the second thing. Uh, it's renew your mind. Change your thinking, right? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The scripture in Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes. Are we doing that? Are we focusing on what we're supposed to be. And by putting the word of God on the inside of us, it changes us from the inside out. All of a sudden, we don't want to do these things because God is working in us. Praise God. Now, there's a, so, so don't, don't rely on your past failures, the opinions of others, or your present situations. Believe that what God has told you you can be you can be. You can have the mind of Christ. You can have the Spirit of God residing on the inside of you. You can have gifts and talents that God wants to use, and He wants to you to use them for His glory. I'm reinventing myself because I, I just got referred to be a chaplain at the Govina, Govina Police Department. Really? Yeah. 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 So there's 60... 
60 uh, uh, police officers, there's only four chaplains, and so you do ride-alongs with them and you get to know them and their family and find out all about them and help them, encourage them in the things of the Lord. So if you see some police officers here, then, and I, I'm actually going to get an, a, a uniform, a police uniform. Amen. No gun, though, I don't think. <laughs> Just a badge. <laughs> chaplain. I said, are you going to put chaplain on the back? And he goes, yeah, we'll put it on the back of the coat, but not, you know, you just get a little star or something. And he goes, it, it sounds good, your name, uh, Chaplain Chuck. And I go, I've always been Pastor Chuck, but <laughs> Chaplain Chuck, I don't know if that's going to work. And then I started thinking to myself as I went home, is he thinking it sounds good because it sounds more like Charlie Chaplin? I, just, I, go, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work, but... Anyway, he seemed excited about it. <laughs> and then I'm wondering, <laughs> ah, here comes Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> oh, man. And so then I'm also leading a, a disciple group at APU, which Andrew is a part of. And so I'm using my gifts and talents. I'm renewing my mind to do things that the Lord wants us to do. Okay, the third thing is, as we're winding down, is remember seed time and harvest. When you begin to change yourself, don't expect things to happen automatically just in an instant. It, it's, it, don't get frustrated with yourself because it takes time for things to grow in you, right? You, plant, you can't change everything at once. You plant the seed and you watch God grow. You meditate on the word day and night and it will bring to pass what you need to have happen in your life. Don't fret about it. Praise the Lord. Now, the Bible says that a farmer plants a seed and he goes to bed, right? And then he wakes up and he waters it and then he what? Goes to bed. He does this several days and nights and all of a sudden he starts to see the, the fruit come up, the, the seeds pop up. So when you plant a seed... You're not supposed to, like, be worried about it. Saying, oh, I'm wondering when this is going to happen. When is this, when, when this going to change? When are my finances going to change? When is my healing going to come? When are these things going to happen? When is going to be a change on the inside of me? Don't fret. It's going to happen. A farmer doesn't plant the seed and then go outside his window and look outside the field and go, oh, I wonder when it's going to come up. I wonder when the crops are going to come up. No, he has confidence that whatever's in that seed will produce. So we have to believe in seed time and harvest. Praise the Lord. Decide what you want to put on the inside of you. Find the word of God that substantiates it or promises that. Put it in and you'll see yourself change. Praise God. And the last thing, the final thing. Oh, let's go to uh, Galatians 8.22. says, while the earth remains. Is the earth still here? Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. We've had day and night. We have seed time and harvest. Believe that when you plant the seed, it will produce a harvest. And the last thing is walk in the Spirit. Next uh, slide. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. And a lot of people think that's just kind of floating around. Ooh. I'm in the spirit, don't bother me. <laughs> I'm in the spirit, don't touch me. <laughs> That's not what it means. It means 
Be, do the things that God wants you to do. Align yourself with his spirit and his way of thinking. Praise the Lord. And so people in this world, people will, will mistreat you. They will mishandle you. They'll abuse you. They'll speak bad about you. And sometimes they even have scriptures to back it up. But you have to remember that you're walking in the spirit. So you don't try to kill the flesh. You don't try to kill the things that you're doing wrong. That's just willpower. Operate in the spirit and those things will fly away. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Isn't that good? Amen. So you just agree. Walking in the spirit means walking in agreement of what God thinks and do the things that he would do. And you can only do that with his power on the inside of you. Not your power, but his power. Amen? Amen. Amen. Are you... Are you ready to do these things? To yes. get control of your emotions by, what are the four things? Uh, we want to meditate on the loving kindness of God. Know how much he loves you. How much he's rooting for you. How much he wants you to be happy. Be happy. Be in with him. Renew our minds so that our minds are thinking the way he wants us to think. Recognize that when you plant that seed on the inside of you, it will take time for it to harvest. And finally, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the privilege of coming together to hear your word, to be excited about that you want to change us from the inside out, that we don't have to be uh, just trapped in our old ways of doing things. But because old things have passed away, behold, all things are new on the inside of us. So, Father, we just rejoice with you. We thank you that you are doing a new work in us. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord.